Welcome to Married and Having Fun. We're your hosts, Kathy and JC. Kathy here. I'm 46. I've been married for 25 years to my main squeeze. I'm JC. I'm 33, married to an awesome pastor of six years. It's my second marriage. We have seven kids between our awesome families. On this podcast, we will share all of the ups, downs, and emotions around marriage and all the things in between. If you know what I mean. Sit back, laugh, cry, and enjoy. This is Mary and having fun. Have you ever been in a conflict with someone and you show up or react the same way you've done in the past and you wish that you could have done it differently, you wish you could have expressed yourself better? Well, I'm excited to talk to today's guest. She is my friend, the sweet, amazing Tiffany Mass. Tiffany is a emotional intelligence coach. She works with the EQ profile that helps you unlock your own internal superpowers and personal responsibility. She helps you become more aware of who you are and what makes you tick so that you have more choices in your life for when you get in those conflict moments. I'm excited. And so welcome to the show, Tiffany Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kathy. I'm super excited to be here. Oh, we're excited yeah. to have you. Yes. Um, so, Tiffany, I met you um, within my Peace Posse group. I'm just loving that community of women. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to bring you to the listeners because I just felt the work that you do on emotional intelligence um, is something that a lot of women need to kind of sit with, take inventory of, and let's just dive into the conversation. Could you explain a little bit, just explain what emotional intelligence is? That that was going to be my first question. What do you call (laughs) emotional intelligence? Uh, yes, yes, yes. So um, I had the same questions uh, not too long ago um, around what that meant. And really, I feel like emotional intelligence is an umbrella term for kind of self-awareness and social and relational intelligences. So not only is it do we understand how we are showing up in the moment, is it that we can also tune in and be aware of how somebody else is showing up and then take that information together to be able to move ourselves successfully through conversation or whatever that interaction is. And for me, when I first heard emotional intelligence, I thought it was all about emotions and that was it. And as I continue to do more learning and take more classes and read more books and I have a bazillion and one mentors. I am beginning to peel back the layers and understand it's more than just being aware of what are the feelings or emotions that are coming up for us. It's what is our capacity to self-reflect? What are the kind of the the habits or the behaviors that we go to to self-soothe when we're under stress or uncomfortable? Like what are the things we do to make ourselves feel more comfortable in the moment? And then also kind of how do we navigate different relationships? Because 
depending on the person that's in front of us, we might show up a little bit differently, right? So for instance, with a spouse, um, depending on the situation, you may tend to want to be more collaborative and lean in and figure out how to problem solve through, or it could be the complete opposite. Maybe you emotionally shut down, but you're physically still there, or you might be someone who just straight walks away. Um, and so kind of seeing what are those different aspects of ourselves that come through each day. So really emotional intelligence becomes a practice. So it's not something that once you understand, oh, I generally feel sad when these things happen. It's, oh, I've felt sad when these things happen. And then seeing how you begin to shift and change as you move forward. Oh, wow. So the very first thing that kind of comes to mind for me, hearing you explain that is not even a situation for myself. Like the very first thing that popped into my head is I have a friend who is having a very tough time um, within their marriage and her and her spouse are separated right now, but they still have interactions because they have kids and she has said to me on multiple occasions like every time he leaves my presence like I just want to eat like I just want to eat all the things and I think so many times in our life we feel those things but we're not connecting the dots to stop that behavior recognize where it's coming from or even explore it more we just kind of go with the moment. I'm going to address the example that you just gave of stress eating. Um, that's something that I have been really excellent at. If you could get like um, an award for eating <laughs> all of the things, <laughs> I would probably get it, uh, especially if it involves almond butter and pizza and donuts, because those are like three of the th categories of foods that I <laughs> like, will willingly consume until I can't move. So what happens within our bodies is stress um, has the same impact. Like you think of stress as like trauma because trauma isn't always something really large and catastrophic. Like trauma can even be like low level stress on our nervous system. And it really just tells our nervous system, oh, you're going to war. So if you like to go back years and years, like war meant that there could be famine and you wouldn't have it access to things. And so your body is like, well, we need to feed ourselves to like prepare and protect and like be prepared for this like long sustaining period where we may not get food. Um, and at the same time, it's also our body saying, you're not safe in this moment. So somewhere along the way, we have learned, depending on conversations or relationship environments, that we're not safe. And so we do things self-soothing activities like eating or distracting ourselves on Instagram or calling people or watching TV or whatever it may be. We distract ourselves um, because we feel unsafe and those emotions aren't really comfortable for us to access in that moment. However, the thing that we want to be aware of is when we distract ourselves, then we're essentially perpetuating that cycle within us, mm -hmm. those emotions. And, it, and if you think about it over time, it can, begins to compound. And so you're then drilling down 
these not necessarily healthy behaviors of coping with stressful like experiences that occur, which can become very detrimental for us like health wise, um, yeah. even like physiologically in our brains. And so it's really important to take the posture of befriending those uncomfortable feelings that are coming up. And that's a dance that you have to do with yourself um, because everybody's quote healthy relationship with their emotions is gonna look different for them. And so you then have to say, what is the dance I need to do here to be able to befriend what's coming up and sit with it and look at my emotions as not something that are bad because they're actually really great. Like we have this whole spectrum that we get to experience that no other animal on the planet does. And so it's what is the information and what is the gift that this emotion is coming, you know, is telling me in this moment. And so with, with my clients specifically, um, currently my work is focused around a, an assessment tool that shows you your internal experience under stress in the moment in relationship. And what are your blind spots that you may not be aware of um, so that you can begin to practice more awareness around those blind spots as you move forward. And the really cool part is this is a lifelong journey that you get to be on. And so then I get to be a lifelong resource and guide and friend and partner with people because emotional intelligence really is a practice and practice creates more capacity within us. And so it's not about beating yourself up as you go along um, because it's kind of like, uh, you know, when you go to the eye doctor, um, I said this in another conversation where they adjust the lenses to see like better here, or better here. And some, oh, I hate that. Better, right? always, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, I, I just, I just saw the letter and now, now there's no letter. Just, yeah. just blob. like one or two. Yes. Or two. It's the same thing. So you can take the tool and then we can talk through, Hey, here are some of the data points that we're seeing and then see what pieces resonate with you. Mm. It doesn't end there. And that's the really cool part because there are going to be days where you're aware of certain aspects of how you're showing up. And then there are going to be days where you just fall into your pattern again. And it's not about beating ourselves up and being like, how can I like make that mistake again? It's about telling ourselves, you know what? I'm going to have this pattern. It's something that I've learned from childhood on. And it's, I get to practice and create stronger muscles around that awareness so that what I'm capable of begins to shift. And so that's really what I work on with them. And it's, um, like I said, it's not just about taking the tool one time and then, ah, I got it, I'm good, we're done here. It's really having the thinking going in of, okay, this learning that I'm about to embark on is gonna be a lifelong process. And it's not about gaining complete certainty over how I think I'm gonna show up every single time I'm under stress in relationship with people. It's about how can I step into a place of constant curiosity and awe and having grace for myself and other people, knowing that everybody else is also showing up, you know, in the patterns that they've learned and over time um, that have that have worked for them. So that's the thing is like, it's not that your pattern is good or bad, right or wrong. It's what pattern has been created that has been serving you 
very well throughout your life. So a lot of my clients, their patterns have served them in that they get to excel in their career path. And, you know, there are pieces where they show up really well. And then they're finding that maybe in their personal life, that pattern may not be serving them as well because it's costing them relationship with their partner or with friends um, or even with their children. Oh, that's good. Will you share um, how you got into doing this work? I love uh, the story that you share um, about what happened to you within your job. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, I always tell people that I am a functional hot mess and I have operated that way for a very long time um, <laughs> with a laugh because life is just a whole hot mess and that's totally okay. So, yep. Got another one right here. <laughs> yeah, so how it started for me was um, about four, four and a half years ago, I was lucky enough to be in, in a job, hired into the job that I'm in now. Um, my boss decided to take a chance on me and I was doing really well. And I also wanted to continue to grow career-wise. At the same time, I was also getting counseling on some things in my personal life and wanting to grow. And I had had, I've had, I don't even know how many counselors, therapists, psychiatrists, whatever label you can think of, I've had them all. Um, and I always felt like I made some progress, but then just kept hitting the wall. And so in my personal life, I was resigned to well, I guess I'm just going to be the way that I am, no matter of like how many books I read or who I go to for help or, you know, like even, you know, I'd shifted some churches to see if like that was going to help me because I thought maybe my relationship with God just wasn't working well enough because of um, how I was raised. And so I had a friend connect me with someone who was certified in the same tool that I'm now certified and um, was also certified as a coach. And she's a most incredible human being. She's still, she's actually one of my mentors today. And so she told me about the tool and I was like, sure, why not? Let's try this. Um, because at that point, I also had had some really hard conversations with my boss where he was saying, I know that you wanna get a raise, but I'm seeing you show up this certain way whenever we have conflict at work, which happens all the time because I do process improvement. So we're essentially putting people in conflict every day, asking them to change. And I was thinking, well, okay, so not only am I hitting walls in my personal life and just really getting frustrated with myself and was in not a good relationship, like a good partnership at that point. I'm also, um, I'm just like hitting walls everywhere. And so I took, I took the assessment and then we set a time to do a 90 minute debrief. And I didn't even stay in my house to get the debrief because I, my, in my brain, I was like, she's just gonna affirm that I'm definitely screwed up and that I can't be helped and that I'm just gonna have to like deal with the fact that I am like the hot mess that I said. And so maybe I'm just gonna fall into this cycle forever. Um, because I was also seeing certain patterns like within my family as well. So I thought, well, if I see it in them and I have it, then it must be something that I'll have later on too. Um, so I, I drove 
to, where was I? I think it was like a random Planet Fitness parking lot. Um, I don't know, maybe I thought I was gonna work out after, that definitely didn't happen. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so I just sat there and I was sweating so bad because again, I was thinking, yep, she's just gonna tell me I'm screwed up. And so as she began the debrief process, which was very different from anything I had experienced from any other like assessment tool I had done, she essentially helped me reflect on experiences I had had in the past and then tied it to data in the tool, which then allowed me to see, oh, this is how I've been showing up. And it's been because, again, that's how I've learned to be safe in relationship and I've been trying to protect myself. And it's not that anything is inherently wrong with me. It's just, here are all of your data points. And so I cried probably more in 90 minutes than, than I ever have but it was tears of like relief and hope. Like, oh, so now that I'm aware, it means, you know, that I get more choice, which gives me the ability to be able to change. And so then she just began to walk me down the path of what I was saying earlier, which is the practice. And that has been, and still is even four years later, the hardest, but also the most rewarding part because that practice is really what creates, again, that capacity for you um, so that you don't stay the same. And that so what you are capable of continues to shift over time because as we learn and grow, we're gonna encounter like new situations and new things and being aware of our blind spots and practicing new choice within that space allows us to pivot and make better decisions. Um, and it also ties to what um there's a book called man's search for meaning by victor frankel and he talks about how there's a stimulus and a response and a space between and so this work looks specifically at what is that space between and how can you expand it and blur the edges that you've kind of confined yourself in throughout your lifetime because you've only been looking at life through one specific lens mm -hmm. Wow. So when, so what is the very first thing that you do with a client, like someone who comes to you, how do you even know that you should take the tool? How do you even know? <laughs> uh, um, so the answer to that is everyone should take this tool because it's beneficial to everyone to be aware of their internal blind spots and how they show up and to begin on that path of, like I said, lifelong curiosity and learning. The clients that I choose to work with, however, are the ones that are willing to begin to step into that uncomfortable space, who are willing to trust me as their partner and their guide, because I'm learning in life right along with them, just because I'm certified in a tool and I have mentors doesn't mean I have it figured out. Um, so it's, we both get to learn together. Um, yeah, so it's someone who's willing to say, hey, uh, either they're realizing they're not showing up in relationship well, um, and stress, do again, doesn't have to be something catastrophic. It, just like trauma, it's 
it's even in the ordinary things. So you get a text message from a friend and you feel your heart rate go up or your cheeks get warm or you get that phone call or your partner um, decides to change their mind last minute on where they want to eat and they change from your favorite Indian spot to pizza and you were just not in the mood for pizza. So just somebody who wants to understand what is coming up for me and how do I want to begin to create more peace and awareness um, and gain more empowerment in how I show up every day. One of the blind spots in my life that I'm concerned about is my parenting. So, um, and just being more aware of that, like I don't want to screw my children up. I feel like I'm finally getting to a place um, where I'm in good strides within my marriage and my partnership, but I want to um, show up well in my parenting. So, yeah, I hear that a lot. And my response to that is, if we think about when we were kids, we were always looking up and around, right? And then we were mirroring everything that we were seeing. And so as a parent, because a lot of my clients actually are parents, it's once you are willing to step into that space and begin to get curious and learn, and once you start practicing it in real time, the way that you language things start to shift and you then get to be that real-time example to your children of how to be curious and practice awareness and create more choice for yourself. And then they can do that for themselves as well. Awesome. So for the woman that's sitting at home and thinking, I'd like to become more aware and um, find out what my blind spots are and what I need to do to change, what would be your advice to her? What steps could she take first? Number one, have grace for yourself. Um, I don't know if you've read it, but the, the book Grace by Max Lucado is really powerful and no. completely no. Uh, shifted the way that I, at least my interpretation of how I was raised to think about grace. Um, I'm going to pull up the quote to read it. And then I'll give the example of how she can do it. So, okay. So to give context, to set your brain right before you give, begin the practice of practicing awareness, Max Lucado says um, about grace, he says, but do we really understand it? Here's my hunch. We've settled for wimpy grace. It politely occupies a phrase in a hymn, fits nicely on a church sign, never causes trouble or demands a response. When asked, do you believe in grace? Who could say no? This book asks a deeper question. Have you been changed by grace, shaped by grace, strengthened by grace, emboldened by grace, softened by grace, snatched by the nape of your neck and shaken to your senses by grace? God's grace has a drenching about it, a wildness about it, a white water riptide turn you upside downness about it. Grace comes after you, it rewires you, from insecure to God secure, from regret riddled to better because of it, from afraid to die to ready to fly. Grace is the voice that calls us to change and then gives us the power to pull it off. And so wow. with that, I'm gonna try not to cry because that is something that I go back to and reference often. So before you even step into any practice, 
think about the fact that God gives us the grace and the faith and the strength that we need for that day. And to really just hold space for yourself. And I use the analogy of like, I'll put myself in a hot air balloon and I'll float up and just kind of observe myself in that situation through the lens of curiosity and grace and have fun with it. It's a dance. Like I said, nobody's showing up perfect. I'm a hot mess. And just kind of saying, all right, like what is coming up for me? What is this feeling? Um, you know, is it overwhelm? Is it frustration? Is it irritation? You know, is it even like joy or am I feeling connection in this moment? Where is it showing up in my body? Like, where do I hold certain emotions? And, and just beginning by journaling and being aware and starting to see patterns. Are there certain situations where you tend to feel the same types of emotions and you hold it in the same spots in your body and have the mentality of not, this is bad. I need to get rid of this, but, Oh, Hey, it's like a friend, right? Friends come to visit and then, and then they leave. We love them. We want them to be there. And then they get to go back to their own home. And so treat the sadness or the frustration or whatever it is that's coming up as the friend you've got, you got boundaries and guidelines around it. Like, you know, that they're going to come in, you're going to have X type of conversation and then, just let it go back out. It's not something that has to rule over your life. And when we have God at the helm, like I just read, he gives us the power to be able to shift over time. But the number one piece is having grace for ourselves. I like how you explain that about letting it be there and then let it go. Cause I'm just like, ah, sometimes I don't want this and I don't know what to do with it. So I, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? I'm just like, ah, I was kind of dealing with some of that today just from conversations we had earlier. And then, so um, to have that piece is um, really key, I think, to just to say that I can have this and it's visiting and think about it in that way and how I'm going to deal with it. Yeah, because you want to know like, okay, what is this telling me? Because it's important information. Um, if we push it away or push it down, uh, one of my mentors, the one who debriefed me on the tool told me the other day, she said, whatever we resist persists. So if we keep distracting or pushing down or flinging it, I like to fling it on other people. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's um, going on. I wonder if it go away. Yeah. So, um, and I've noticed when I fling it, it, it does tend to come back and sometimes worse. Like so boomerang. Yeah. So, yeah. So like I said, just have fun with it. I mean, we're all trying to like, we're all human beings just trying to figure out how to navigate. Yeah. Places that we're in. This is so true. Yeah. I think um, so often we're like so quick to not like to kind of wish away the uncomfortable feelings for me within marriage you know, you have somebody like when you're going through uncomfortable moments or you're frustrated or whatever, like my husband is right there. Like, are you okay? Did I do something? What happened? Are you feeling? And I'm like, can I just sit in my emotions for a minute? Yeah. <laughs> and so even learning how to navigate that and just say, Hey, like I'm feeling this way. Like just give me some space. Um, it was funny because we were watching 
the show together last night and the woman said exactly what my words were. Like her husband came over to her and she was like, give me some space. And he looked at me, he was like, that's you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, just let me sit in my emotions and figure it out. (laughs) Meanwhile, I don't want to sit in this emotion. Um, We're supposed to be not, no, I don't want to be here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think the, the other thing I hear, um, that JC, you and I had talked about before was um, a lot of times I'm seeing a trend with women where they're just emotionally drained mm. as they're so, they feel like there's so much responsibility on their shoulders. And because of the environment that 2020 has presented to us, um, there are additional things added in that are just like layering in all of the stress. And this isn't true for everyone, but what I do hear a lot in my clients and then even like a lot of the women that I work with, um, I hear that it's really hard for them to set boundaries and like create space and time for themselves to be like, to be able to recalibrate and reset. And a lot of them share with me that they didn't even do that before 2020, that is all of the things. And so what I tell them is that when you create a boundary and it doesn't have to be something that's harsh, um, a boundary is like, you know, um, say it's even as simple as like one of my clients was sharing that she said, I don't want to make dinner tonight. Like, why don't we order out? And then her husband was like, okay. And then she texted me. It was like, I had no idea that that's what self-love meant. And I was like, yeah, it's in those tiny moments of honoring yourself because when you create a boundary, you're sending a message to yourself that you're lovable and worthy of respect, even over something as simple as I don't want to make dinner. And then the boundary itself makes, you know, creates a home of love for you. Um, And then it protects like that self-worth that we really try to cultivate and have um at the same time and it and allows other people to learn how to do the same for you that's beautiful yeah that's really good um well to me i want to thank you so much for just having this conversation with us and opening our minds to emotional intelligence I just like saying that word, and now I feel like <laughs> I know what it means. <laughs> I know, I feel super, like, super smart. We're having this in very, very intellectual <laughs> conversation. Um, I would, um, if you're listening to this podcast um, and you are interested in getting in touch with Tiffany to do some emotional intelligence work and some deep diving, um, we're going to put her information in the show notes. You can always find, I'm also going to put her Instagram in the show notes. Um, and we'd love for you to connect with her and um, improve your life. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Like I said, it's I'm ready to partner up and dance with whoever's willing. Um, but I'm just so honored and humbled that both of you wanted me to come on here and I'm happy to have conversations and hang out anytime. I appreciate you both. Awesome. Thank you. I'll also put the book you 
you had um, Grace by Max Lucado. I know, I was already like, well. it, oh, yeah. It up on my phone, like, ooh, I kind of I want to read about that. Yes, I have all of the books anytime. <laughs> so, for today's quote by Max Lucado, I love when Tiffany said this Grace is the voice that causes us to change and then gives us the power to pull it off. So beautiful. Let me say a prayer for you all. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the women and men that listen into this podcast. And I just ask that you cover them with your grace. God, show us our blind spots of where we need you more. Come in and saturate our lives. Help us to know when we need to push further to grab more tools and the abilities that you've given to for us to have insight on who you've created us to be and to gather together and be more intelligent about the emotions that are on the inside of us. We thank you. We praise you. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us. If you liked today's episode, hit the like and subscribe button. You can find us on Instagram at Married and Having Fun. We'll be sharing cute photos of our husbands and all the things about marriage. Till next time, keep having fun.